the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely, we continue our look at the book of John. Pilate may have treated many Jewish things and people with arrogant contempt, but he did not treat Jesus thusly. And we can't help the feeling that Jesus is really the one who's in control and Pilate is just bewildered by circumstances he cannot understand or control. The majesty of Jesus is all the more radiant in this hour when he stands trial before men. Welcome to the Thursday edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And we find ourselves with an interesting juxtaposition. Here in December, we're looking forward to the celebration of Christ's birth at Christmas. And in our study, we're coming down toward his crucifixion. Here's Pastor Leighton. I'd like to invite you to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of John chapter 19. Our church family has been studying through this gospel written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit by the aging and wise uh, apostle named John uh, towards the end of his life. It was written decades after the other gospels had been in circulation. It contains a lot of information that's not found in the other gospels. It's 21 chapters in length. Uh, About half of it actually uh, focuses on the last week of Jesus' life and ministry. In fact, by the time we get to chapter 13, it's just the hours before Jesus goes to Calvary's cross as he and his disciples meet in an upper room for a Passover meal that becomes the Last Supper. He gives the time of teaching. It concludes with his prayer. In chapter 17, chapter 18, he and his disciples head to the garden so that he can be arrested. And the story continues from there of him being before Annas, the high priest in the Jewish courts, and then before Pilate in the Roman courts. Now, our study today is going to begin at verse 1 of chapter 19. Uh, But I want to start reading at chapter 18, verse 28, because it's from there through the opening verses of chapter 19 that the narrative is found regarding Jesus before Pilate. So we're going to start at John 18, verse 28. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and chief priests have delivered you over to me. What what have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world. To bear witness to the truth, everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? 
After he'd said this, he went back outside of the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him, and the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and officers saw it, they cried out, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die, because he has made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you're not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat of the place called the Stone Pavement, an Aramaic Gabbatha. Now, it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out to him, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Jesus said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. Now, at the time of Jesus, the Jews were under the Romans, and the right of execution belonged only to the Romans. That's why they had to bring Jesus before Pilate for him to be crucified. And the trial of Jesus is, in reality, two separate trials, one Jewish and one Roman. Now, Jewish law was probably the most humane system of law ever devised. So great was the respect for human life that it was practically impossible to execute a person under the jurisdiction of the Hebrew court system. Roman law was excellent as measured in its comprehensiveness of coverage, systemization of statutes, procedures, and penalties. It has been said of the ancient world that Judea gave religion, Greece gave letters, and Rome gave law. The laws of Rome have been passed on to the Western world as the basis of its judicial systems. Rome was noted around the world for its justice. On every Roman official's desk, there was a, a figure of a, of a little two-faced god named Janus. One face looked forward, the other looked back. And it's from this word that we get the name January for the month that looks back to the previous year and forward to the new year. And Janus was to remind the judge that there was always both sides to look at, both sides of the question. Now, the Roman ruled the world for nearly a thousand years, and when they came, they would promise good roads, law and order, protection and peace, but it would be at the cost of dictatorship. Rome ruled with an iron hand. In Roman courts, the innocent got justice, and the guilty got justice. Not mercy, but justice. But it's an interesting thing about this anomaly because the trial of Jesus is one of the greatest miscarriages of justice in the history of the world. 
Three times Pilate declared Christ innocent. And yet the Jewish leaders were so adamant in their opposition to his verdict that that he resorted to subterfuges. He tried to limit the matter to the Jewish courts. You take him, take care of it yourself. And although it's not referenced in John's gospel, the other gospels tell us that he sent him to Herod, hoping that Herod would take the matter out of his hands. But Herod only sent him back. He made a choice between Barabbas and Jesus, hoping that Jesus would be set free. And then finally he scourges Jesus, perhaps thinking that the sight of a bleeding, broken man might move his accusers to pity. And no one can read this story without seeing the majesty of Jesus. There's really not a sense that he's on trial. When a man faces Jesus, it's not Jesus on trial, it's the man. Pilate may have treated many Jewish things and people with arrogant contempt, but he did not treat Jesus thusly. And we can't help the feeling that Jesus is really the one who's in control and Pilate is just bewildered by circumstances he cannot understand or control. The majesty of Jesus is all the more radiant in this hour when he stands trial before men. Now, that introduction and that background, let's study this passage verse by verse, beginning at chapter 19 and verse 1. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him, and the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Now, Pilate's first attempt for his first strategy had failed. And so he did something that we might find surprising. He took Jesus and he had him flogged. And this was a fresh, a new strategy to try to get Jesus free. He was hoping that the sight of Jesus in this condition might elicit some sympathy towards him. The scene parallels the passage found in Luke chapter 23, verses 13 through 16, where Sarah tells us that Pilate told the Jewish officials that Jesus had done nothing worthy of death and concludes, therefore I will punish him and then release him. It was his intention to release Jesus. Now scourging was a brutal affair, and it's described here in one single word. Now when a man was scourged, he was tied to a whipping post in such a way that he was naked and his back fully exposed. A lash had at its end pellets of lead and sharpened pieces of bone, and as it flashed across the man's back, it would literally tear the back into strips. Eyewitnesses report that such scourging could leave a victim exposed with their veins, their muscles, their bones, and even their internal organs. Now, Jewish law set the maximum number of blows at 40, and in practice, they only gave 39 to avoid accidentally exceeding that limit. But the Romans were under no such restrictions. And the scourging would continue until the torturers were exhausted or the officer decided to stop it. Few victims remained conscious throughout the ordeal. Some died. Some went stark raving mad. The punishment was so terrible that Roman citizens were exempt from it. And the scourging that Jesus experienced left him too weak to carry his own cross. Jesus was also given a crown. And a crown is normally a representative of kingship. But in this case, it was a crown of thorns, which may have been a mocking contrast to the crown of laurel leaves that were worn by Roman emperors. The word here for robe is generic, but in Matthew, it's a specific word that describes the robe as basically that that was worn by Roman soldiers. According to John, the color was purple. According to Matthew, it was scarlet. And then when it says that they smote him with their hands, what it 
What it's referring to is a game, a cruel game that Roman soldiers would play. Uh, all of the soldiers would show a prisoner their fists, and they could do anything they wanted with the prisoner, including mutilation. And they would blindfold the prisoner, and all but one of them would hit the prisoner as hard as they could. And then they would remove the blindfold, ask the prisoner who it was who had not hit them. And then they'd do it again, and again, and again, until they'd beaten the prisoner to a pulp. I find it very interesting that almost a year ago, when we planned to air this study in the book of John here on Study Verse by Verse, we didn't realize we'd be coming down to the end of John and the crucifixion of Christ here in the month of December. Thanks for joining us on the broadcast. This is an outreach of Church of the Highlands supported by the congregation who prays that the impact of these broadcasts, these daily visits, will be significant on the listeners' lives. If you'd like to join with us and help keep us on the air, you can give safely on the website, highlands.us, and you can discover all of the celebratory activities the Church of the Highlands is planning for this month. That's highlands.us. Have a blessed rest of your day and come back tomorrow when we'll end the week and continue our study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.